0: Hello, welcome to uh, Skill Check. My name is Andy and uh, I have Zach here. Um, Skill Check is where we talk all things gaming, uh, games we've played, gaming news and highlighting where games are good for us. How are things, Zach?
1: Yeah, very well, thank you. I'm excited to be back recording another episode. Lots of really cool exciting things to talk about so yeah just all in all super excited
0: fantastic now what we generally seem to do uh, at the start of it, each podcast is that we talk uh what games we've played recently um zach i should say for a lovely listener is that we've both admitted to each other uh just before i hit record that we don't want to tell the other what we've been playing until we're actually recording. So I'm intrigued, Zach. What have you been playing?
1: Well, since the last time we spoke, I have played and completed Baldur's Gate. Oh. Um, I went retro. I went. I thought <laughs> you know what this one's for Andy. I'm gonna. I'm. I've had it for a while. I tried it and. I think once you get over the fact that it is very retro, it's like one of the first CRPGs ever, if not the first CRPG. Um, so once you've got that in your head, and then you go in with those expectations, because uh, graphically, obviously, it's you know it's pixels essentially, mm-hmm. um, and you spend a lot of time pixel hunting, which is fine. I don't mind that. I can I can get behind that. But no, I completed it. I think and then i completed the, the siege of dragonspear or dragon's fall or like whatever the dlc that connects baldurs gate 1 and 2 together which came out a lot after baldurs gate 2 they went back and put in this to link the two like the two games together so because of how baldurs gate 2 starts which i have started because i intend to come because the story so the thing is it's the story so the, the the thing that kept me playing is the story is amazing like if you don't mind obviously there's not a lot of voice acting and the voice acting does get a little bit better and just get more frequent, but it, you re, you're doing a lot of reading, and there are there is like cutscenes, inverted commas, where they'll someone will a narrator will read out a bit of the like the big story points of like the previous chapter and the next chapter as the game works in chapters. Um, the story hooked me in; it got really interesting, mm. and I think and it got it did get to a point where it was like I don't know if I want to complete this or not. And I pushed through that little hump of like, it was probably about probably about 10 hours in. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know if it's grabbed me. I don't know if I can put up with like the retroness of this when there are other games that I could be playing that are like A and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, but I pushed through and then this story just explodes. Like the storytelling is so good. And like, you're like, oh no, this is happening. And then that means this and over here. And then they drop a bomb and you're like, oh no, that's crazy. And the DLC, like I'm, I went online afterwards and the the kind of the Siege of Dragon is it Dragon Fort? The Siege of Dragon's Fort, I think it is, or Dragon something. I can't remember. I should really remember because I played it like recently. Um, but the DLC that links Baldur's Gate one and two together that came out after the fact. So there's lots more voice acting in it because it came out later, which is quite cool. I really enjoyed that. But it does really the story in that in and of itself, I can't imagine playing Baldur's Gate one and going into two without that. DLC bridging the gap of like what happens between, but the story is just it propels it into this like this little kind of self contained thing into like the wider like fitting into the whole world that is Baldur's Gate um, and the motivations of different parties and why things have been happening. And then it reveals a bit of your own player character's backstory and it hooked me. And I was like, I gotta see this through. I, I gotta got see, I gotta see this through to, to after to like the come to, like to like the story's completion. Now I'm really enjoying it. Um, I am playing on. So caveat: I am playing on story mode, which makes me invincible in combat. So I am okay. playing for the story. I'm not playing. I'm not playing because I want to um, fulfill all my tactical role playing needs. Um, I'm playing just for the story. So story I imagine mode it means can, can that die. Can make so it less. Take the pressure that- off. Like, yeah, frustrating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and because I have- more
0: fun, you get to focus on the story of.
1: Yeah, yeah, going everywhere, seeing everything, talking to everyone. I'm not worried that I'm going to suddenly walk around the corner and die, and then have to reload that hour's game, because it does auto save. But if, it's the kind of game where like every single fight you need to save before it, even if it's just a wolf, one okay. wolf, like, can just kill your whole party. And if you haven't saved, like you're going back hours. So I was like, okay, I made the choice to switch to story mode, which makes you like you can't die in combat. So it means you can just focus on the story, and you feel like a bit of a badass as well, because like you know you can you can't die, so you can just be walking around like makes combat a little bit more cool and it fits in well with the story that you can't die for other reasons I won't spoil but but that's me I, I played and completed oh. Baldur's Gate and the DLC that leads up into Baldur's Gate 2 and I will report back soon hopefully with the conclusion of Baldur's Gate 2 with like how amazing the story was and it, but it has been just such a such a pleasure to go back and play what is kind of the game that kind of started off the genre of game which I play now most mm. so I play role playing games primarily and, and I love to see RPGs and tactical role playing games Um, And this is kind of where that all started. So it's been nice to go back and see like some ideas and some stuff that you see today in games. And you're like, oh, that's where this started. And oh, I see why, you know, it's really cool. Uh, Really, really enjoying it. Um, And that's me. And that means it's over to you because you're going to surprise me now with what game you've been playing. Well, I've spent a lot of time,
0: you know, outside over the last few days. I've I've, uh, taken a few days off, got out, explored extra Devon a little bit uh, so the amount of games I have been playing a little bit less than normal um, but one game that we have come back to a few times particularly because I think my daughter enjoys watching me play it is Unravel 2 which is a platformer where, where it's a puzzle platformer where between you well you are like this yarn wool type person and you are exploring well you and your friends are exploring the uh, world and trying to resolve puzzles to kind of get onto the next stage and things like that and I think I'm only just about to get to the end of the first level so I've not played it a huge amount Uh, but yeah it's very cutesy graphics very good graphics in fact. Uh, yeah, am
1: I, am I right that it's like almost like a real picture behind, like the backdrops are all like, look, as real yeah. as possible, right? Almost like, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I've been kind of testing it. Uh, yeah. I mean, she, she's probably seen me playing it because I've been testing it um, online using uh, the uh, xCloud, the kind of steaming online uh, interface uh, through Game Pass to see how it works in different parts of a house. And uh, yeah. yeah, Unfortunately, it works far, far better downstairs near the router, but I guess that's uh, how these things go. But yeah, that's uh, Unravel 2, uh, available on ooh, um, Switch, Xbox, PlayStation, and Origin. And, and on Game Pass
1: oh yeah I forgot to say um, I'm playing through the Baldur's Gate Enhanced Edition console edition which is available on all consoles Woo. Um, maybe, not, maybe not PlayStation 5 because I think Xbox Series X gets it through backwards compatibility which I'm not sure that PlayStation 5 has but okay. it is available on PlayStation 4 Xbox One X Xbox One and then all the Xboxes after that through backwards compatibility and obviously it's available on PC but I am playing the Enhanced Edition uh, as opposed to, like, the regular edition that you probably will still be able to get access to on Steam and GOG games, probably. So, gaming news. Mm.
0: What? I, I think we should probably start with the, the big hitter, shouldn't we? Sure. Has the Switch got competition? Actually, we should probably Ooh. take a step back and explain what this is that we're talking about.
1: Yeah, so Valve, who are the guys that make Steam, which is the kind of the launcher for kind of if you're on PC gamer, Steam is probably where you are. The guys behind Steam, the Valve guys, have branched out into their new venture, which is the Steam Deck. Not the Stream Deck, which is something else that streamers used. When they're streaming the steam deck which is a handheld gaming pc essentially and it comes in three different models um we, as usual it's just more storage and the last one the the, the kind of the, the two so the, the kind of the base with the base level model out of the three comes with the least amount of storage and the next two up come with more storage and a faster faster ssd and the third one also comes with a better screen as well, so like there are these there there are differences, but the biggest difference is st- storage, um, and and obviously the more storage you want, the more money you got to pay. There is, however, access to micro, micro SD slot if you want to expand storage yourself. However, the load times from a micro SD will be significantly more than the internal storage that which is an SSD. Does that all make sense?
0: Kind of. It's
1: basically
0: a handheld gaming PC, isn't it? Yeah. Could it be competition for the Switch? No. Nah. I I personally believe... Yeah, it's a question about marketplace. I think the Switch is very much in a place where... um, you can pick it up you can play you can download it's very it's very console like it's very it, it, it's it's good for, for either families or children gaming uh, it's also very good for you know dads who don't have a lot of time uh, to, to game or moms who don't have a lot of time yeah mm-hmm. parents who just want gaming to be straightforward if yeah you have the time, if you have the inclination, if you're looking for something to maybe play around with and potentially understand PCs a bit more, then this could be the way forward, I guess. But
1: it's a lot more pricey from what I can tell. It is. It is. The price point is significantly more than a Switch because essentially, that's right, as I said, it is a gaming it's a PC. It's a gaming PC. It's not it's not a handheld console. It's not a console of any variety. It operates in the exact same way a PC would. So consoles are great because you can just click on the game you want, download it, and play it, and you don't have to worry about anything else. Right. Whereas this is a gaming PC, so you, you've got all the same pro all the same things you would have with a gaming PC, you have with the Stream Deck. The, the no. Steam Deck, I'm gonna say Stream Deck. The, <laughs> see, the, Steam, the Steam Deck. Like everyone else, the Steam Deck is that you're going to have all the same issues with the PC? It does allow all the flexibility, though, of a PC, so you can mod things, you can download different programs, different games, and obviously it does come with the Steam operate, like the Steam launcher and the Steam kind of app in there already, but they've assured us that you can also like download other kind of th- launchers and other kind of things onto it as well, which means I mean, then the depend- potential of kind of playing Game Pass on it as well is there because you'll be able to download the um game pass app onto x it, it's a pc and then play those games and have access to those, those games as well how that would work in terms of like the handheld mode i don't know in terms of like
0: mm. it
1: detecting that it's a handheld console like there's obviously there may be some things around there but equally you can play it docked to a monitor and just use it exactly like you would a pc so it looks very much like a pc it has a desktop and things like that so so it's, it's not a mini app.
0: pc with a screen
1: yeah, which you can obviously play handheld and take around wherever you want, mm. and also do all the things a PC does. So that's why it's cool, and that's the niche that it fits. But as terms of, as, is it's kind cookies, of an idea it, that it, it's, it's not it's not a Switch killer though, is it? Because it's not a kid, it's not a, a child friendly console, handheld console. It's just not. It's just a PC that can be carried around if you want to. Arguably, yeah. if you're going to use it docked, get a gaming PC. <laughs> don't get this don't get the yeah. Steam Deck. Because if you want a desktop gaming experience, this isn't gonna cut it for you. I think it plays most games on Steam, 720p, 60 frames. So you, you're playing most games on medium settings. So if you're a gamer and you want a gaming PC and you want to play the best games in the best settings, this isn't this this still isn't the option that you go for. So I think the difference
0: yeah. is probably summed up by the image that they use to advertise the Steam Deck, uh, which on it, it looks like you have whatever the kind of on console Steam library thing is going to be called. But the games you see are games like Control, Doom, and Hades, which I'm not sure I particularly see my eight-year-old playing any of those games. Yeah. Now, Netflix. Dun, dun, dun. Thank you. I was kind of thinking, as I said, Netflix, I was like, do I actually try and edit this episode and put the Netflix in at that point?
1: And you did it for me. Thank you. It wasn't even mean, wasn't even going. I mean, I guess it probably did sound a little bit like that. I was just trying to cr- create dramatic effect because, I mean, we do talk about Netflix sometimes on the show, but it's usually in a, it's not usually in anything to do with gaming. However, this time for the first time, we're talking about Netflix and gaming.
0: Yeah, and I think this kind of shows how big gaming is getting. Um, I think it was Netflix. I think it was possibly the chief executive of Netflix uh, once upon a time said something like their chief competitor isn't another steaming service, it's a steaming service, another streaming service. Um, But it's sleep. So I think it says a lot that Netflix are looking to move into the gaming space and it appears that they are Looking to uh, partner up with Sony.
1: Could at this least be... if data miners are to be uh, believed. Yes, yes, this is
0: not official. This no. isn't. This is rumours. This is a
1: leak. However, however, to make it more official for you, a few days after this data mine was found, they also they Netflix did hire uh, a ex game dev. Onto their kind of board of whatever creative, yeah, oh, the mm-hmm. fancy title. Basically, they hired someone who is a gaming expert rather than a. So it's a. Ge- so, as other the data mine hasn't been confirmed, the staff that. And whilst they wouldn't comment on what he's there to do at Netflix, obviously, he's ba- his background is in gaming. I can't remember his name, but, the, but basically, a guy that's kind of been high up in different gaming um, companies, um, Netflix did hire someone. So the idea that there is, whilst the whilst the data mine itself suggests PlayStation, um, I the the real life information suggests gaming in general. However, it confirms that yes, Netflix are probably thinking about gaming in general, mm. whether that's PlayStation or otherwise. Um, something akin to like X Cloud, so it would be a streaming based gaming service probably. In all in all honesty, um, which. Yeah. Is interesting because I know that the guys over at Xbox, Phil Spencer, he wants the Game Pass app to come to smart TVs. Mm-hmm. So this is where this this is where the rubber starts hitting the road with Netflix saying their only competition is sleep. Well, well, that's true. But imagine if you could get Game Pass on your TV, and now you are have got a direct competitor because I'm going to. Am I going to watch Netflix or am I going to play on Game Pass? Both are on my TV. The apps are right next to each other. That becomes yeah. more of a thing.
0: Yeah, and I guess there's this move from having consoles and the console wars, and which used to be a thing back when I was younger. You know, used to be this whole argument between if you've got a Sega Mega Drive or a Super Nintendo. And it's now more of a case of you've got people like Microsoft and Sony and nintendo to an extent but not quite so much but they are guys who've got access to loads of games and they just want to get these games out in front of people and make these games easier to access for people so i think we're going to see more and more of this um yeah it'll be interesting stories to see develop
1: i guess no yeah 100 percent um how Netflix delivers on gaming is going to be interesting. And I think to see then how that then spurs other gaming kind of developments in the streaming world. Because obviously xCloud is still, as you said today, you were trying it in different rooms to see how the connection is. It Mm. is still very connection-based, your experience with xCloud. It's still very hit and miss. And you still couldn't play like an online competitive game. I tried Destiny, Crucible, and I couldn't even hit anyone with like the 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 input was just so great that I was I just couldn't shoot anyone and they were shooting me and it was just it was frustrating. So it has definitely got. And whilst I was doing it as an experiment, because ultimately I don't if I was going to play Destiny to Crucible, I would just play on the Xbox downstairs hooked up to an ethernet cable like and then mitigate all that kind of stuff yeah Uh, how how is like as it becomes more of a thing as they put more technology into it as broadband wi-fi etc gets better as it will do with things like 5g and like fiber optic internet being available to more homes and as the infrastructure itself gets better and i know that because they they brought kind of the xCloud to every Game Pass Ultimate subscriber can now use it on all the platforms that you can. So whether it's through Mm. the browser on, like they opened it up to everyone. Like, so they did increase their server capacity, but I would suggest that when they're ready to launch it out of beta, like they're going to be pulling the trigger on some substantial infrastructure upgrades to make the service the best it can possibly be. So I imagine Mm. eventually they'll want to offer it Maybe even as a separate subscription to Game Pass Ultimate. Mm-hmm. I know they've wrapped it in with Game Pass now, but I wouldn't be surprised if one day you could just subscribe to X Cloud and just and just have the cloud. I mean, I know that Ultimate, but they have done a lot of work to tie in with Game Pass. So whether you just have, whether they'd rather you just have Game Pass and be able to access the cloud plus everything else. Like I'm, I, Xbox are all about, and that's I think where they stand differently from Sony. Xbox are about giving you the most ways to play to the most people. They want everyone to, to enjoy gaming. They want everyone to be able to take part and want everyone to be able to experience lots of different kinds of games. And the new game, the newest games, the newest indie games, the newest AAA games, that's what Phil Spencer has made it abundantly clear that he wants gamers to benefit. They are at the forefront of everything that they do at Xbox, whereas Sony are more bothered about charging you copious amounts of money to play the exclusives you can get on their console. Like, and that's what I think that's where the rub hits the road and people keep asking me PlayStation or Xbox like I know Game Pass is good but the, the exclusives on PlayStation for me as a gamer and for someone who for gaming they have a limited amount of money every month And like I don't have to throw money at gaming as, as much as I want Xbox is still the, the far better place to be because not only you're getting access to all the Game Pass games with Game Pass for a subscription you're getting access to the day one exclusives they're going to come to Game Pass for free as long as you have a Game Pass subscription PlayStation want you to buy the PlayStation, and then for the exclusives, which they will absolutely charge you seventy pounds or. And if there's a month where there are three exclusives coming out, you can wave goodbye to money. more than two hundred pounds. Yeah, to, to to almost half what you paid for the console just to play just to play their exclusives, and, so, I, and I feel like that's crazy to me.
0: Again, I think we kind of get coming back to if you are in a place where you're about to go out and buy a new console, a new piece of kit, to maybe do a bit of research into how much particular games are available on
1: that uh, piece of kit before you splash out on. Absolutely, it is such a complex place now, the gaming world in terms of like what you want versus what where the best place to get what you want is. And and this isn't me saying the default is Xbox. It absolutely isn't. Like, but I would say that the the right thing to do, (laughs) because the right thing to do is be informed. That's what we're trying to get across here, as as a podcast, Mm. as we think about budgeting and gaming well, and and trying to tie it into a kind of a bigger narrative is that get informed, do your research, don't go blind into any purchase, and if at any point you are doubting it, back away, back out. Don't commit to the purchase. Go away, do more research, find out more about it. Um, super, super You're important right. to be an informed consumer. Totally. Can, can we look at one
0: last confusing item? Which You is, have to squeeze it in. Which is Microsoft, well, the Microsoft exec, Phil, Phil Spencer, apparently, I think, if it I've read be. this properly has uh, declined to comment on the status of Game Pass Nintendo Switch talks. Yeah. Which I would take as a super exciting, there's an a, there's an announcement just around the corner, but he's not allowed to talk about it. But I've also read somewhere else that this Switch that we have previously seen on his shelf was just a present from Nintendo.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um... I mean, if his, if his... The teasing game the continues. Great, the great thing about this is that he got Game Pass so much free for by putting a Switch. But the crazy thing is, it wasn't the Switch that exploded out. It wasn't that he had a Switch. It wasn't the Switch that benefited from him in any way. It's that somehow, by putting a Switch in his background, he managed to get even more people talking about Game Pass. Oh, certainly. And and every, and, and the crazy thing about Game Pass... Is that it's probably the the thing that people the gamers talk about most and microsoft don't pay anyone to talk about it and most people only have good things to say about it it as marketing goes they've created this thing that exists now mm. and markets itself mm. like they don't they don't pay anyone they don't pay streamers. we're not sponsored about, by microsoft is what he's saying we're not yet
0: yeah. if and, microsoft would like to all the people us, mind, be okay with us. yeah
1: absolutely um but but Game Pass has become this thing now where it it it, it 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 doesn't matter what Phil Spencer puts in his background, people are going to think it's coming to Game Pass is going to it. Like that's the crazy thing. It's like he it could put a fridge in the background. Like there's this joke about Skyrim being available on the fridge for ages. Like because Skyrim would keep getting re-released by Bethesda, and they were like, I was you know, and the Xbox fridge and like he could literally put anything in the back and everyone would be like Game Pass. Game Pass is going to something else, you know, X Cloud, you know, streaming games like. It has become this thing so much bigger than I guess you probably realized. And the, the amount of free publicity they get shows how good the product actually is. Mm. And that the product is so, so good that it gets free marketing. And I think that's the important thing with Game Pass to remember is that people talk about it positively because it is a good thing. Like if Game Pass was rubbish and everyone's talking about it, you can imagine Xbox and Phil Spencer would be doing other things and marketing other things and talking about other things. But Game Pass has become a thing that you can just let run because it's it's so good as it is already, and it's only going to get better as, mm-hmm. as they as they start to release some of those exclusives over coming into the end of this year, and next year there's a lot of exclusives coming to it. Um, the big one being Starfield from Bethesda uh, next next December, I think it's next December, next November, December time it's the end of next year. Um, it's only going to get more crazy, and mm-hmm. it's already in such a good spot as well, and the price point is so good. Um, they got it spot on with, like, it not being... It's comparable to a Netflix subscription. I think it's a little bit more than Netflix, but, um, yeah, it's it's just... Uh, the, my mind still gets blown when I think about what it actually is and what it means for gaming and how it's changed the gaming landscape, um, even just in this last couple of years. Because it has been around for a bit longer than that, but I don't think it really was a thing. Um, there's a quote by Bill Gates going around on social media yesterday where... Um, was talking about it was the quote was taken from when the xbox 360 was around so this is Hmm. the timing wise it's a while ago and someone asked him if if they're gonna if they're gonna continue developing gaming as a thing and bill gates was like even if the xbox 360 completely fails and bombs he's gonna keep putting money into it because he believes that gaming is the way that gaming is a legitimate way that microsoft should be growing itself so even if one console fails he'll keep putting out consoles until it succeeds And look where we are now and that was when the yeah. Xbox 360 was on the edge of like. I mean, don't get me wrong. The 360 ended up being huge, like it ended up being massive. It ended up being the winner of that that stages console wars. But
0: but when it first came out, the idea that he'll take a before hit before it like, came out when it's developed, yeah. Microsoft, yeah,
1: it, it was were still you know the company yeah. of Windows and yeah. Word, yeah, they weren't, yeah, and stuff. So With Bill Gates, like it must have looked back on things like that, and 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 I was just feeling a bit like reflective on that and being like, wow, that's crazy to think that Bill Gates committed to like just pouring money into gaming until it makes a profit until mm. it's a thing that is good for business. Look at it now. Like it's probably that it's probably one of their biggest earning branches of Microsoft is, is Xbox and their gaming stuff. So uh, the, 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 the mind boggles. It's just crazy to see like his commitment to it and, and and where it is now and where it was. And it just makes me super excited to be a gamer. Like, all the things that happened in the last year, like, it just makes me excited to see what's going to happen with the leap in technology and, like, how things look alongside with, like, commitments from the higher-ups in these companies going, we're all in mm. on gaming. Like, I can't wait to see what crazy games come out and what crazy experiences we end up talking about and hopefully oh. sharing with you guys as well. Oh, so, totally. Yeah, it's exciting times.
0: Totally. I think we should take our mind bog- our mind-boggling brains I'm not. Please don't make me say that again. <laughs> and think about what other stories out there we can share.
1: Absolutely, but with that in mind, we're going to have to draw this episode to a close because we've already gone longer than we probably wanted to. Because we get excited and we talk about things such as the nature of this thing we call <laughs> skill check, the gaming and well-being podcast from YMC Exeter. I've been Zach, and he's been Andy. As always, you can find us on all good podcast platforms. If that sounds too complicated for you or you aren't a frequenter of such places, you can also find us at ymcexeter.org.uk on our homepage. You can scroll down and find a link to the Skill Check podcast on there. If you'd like to talk to us, ask us questions, or generally just get in contact with us about the podcast, you can do that with our email address, which is response at ymcexeter.org.uk. You can also find us on all the YMC Exeter social media accounts, so at YMCExeter on Instagram and Twitter. Um, if you put a message out there or comment about this podcast in any way that will find its way back to us and we can respond to you and get in contact with you and start a discussion with you once again this has been this skill check podcast from YMC Exeter and we will see you all next time